Um, a few months ago, I went to have lunch um, with somebody in this community and had a lovely catch-up, and I was having such a nice time. The food was delicious, the company was brilliant, and I was not like my normal self, because normally I'm very aware of my watch, because I have to go and pick up my kids. But I was having such a lovely time, I didn't check my watch until finally I thought, oh, I wonder what the time is. And as I looked at my watch, I realized it was actually the time that my children were normally climbing into my car at school, and I was about 25 minutes away. So I think, oops, so goodbye, you know, thanks for having me, off I go. I set out. And of course, as I set out, the heavens open and the rain it doesn't just do that light drizzle. It absolutely starts bucketing down. So I think that's okay. I've got three children and a husband all in the same place. Surely I can reach one of them. No, I couldn't reach any of them. I don't know what they were doing, but not one of them was picking up their phone or getting a text or anything else. And so when my children come out of school, they, co- they cross this bit of green grass up this hill. And they, well, they normally just climb straight into the car because I'm never late. But, they, um, but if I'm late, they would wait under these trees for me. And then I notice not only is it absolutely bucketing down with rain, but there's lightning too. I don't really like lightning when my family are out in it, standing under trees, I'm imagining. Um, But I I feel that tension begin to rise. I'm driving along, um, probably, I don't know whether I was faster than I should be, probably, probably. Um, And I was driving along, and um, and then the phone goes, and I think, oh, phew, finally. Somebody has actually realized, hang on, mom's not just like one minute late, two minute late. Um, We'll phone her up. But no, it was my neighbor. My neighbor phones me up. Oh, hello. Um, Are you at home? She says. I say, no. She says, I say, why? Is there something wrong? She says, yes, your dog's out in the court. I'm like, oh, no. It was one of those moments that I so easily could have lost any sense of peace and calm. The, the beauty of the afternoon and lunch that I had had could have easily, as this tension bubbled up within me, could have exploded into stress and craziness. We have moments like this, don't we? They happen to us um, every now and again. Sometimes they're just little moments, like my moment, um, that pass the moment I find them and, and all is well. But sometimes we have moments that cause that tension to rise, that can then come out in stress, that can actually change the course of our lives, can have a much bigger impact, leaving us feeling very stressed and out of control. December has arrived, just in case you weren't aware. It is December now, I know you know. What does that do for your sense of peace, knowing that? There are probably some in this room that just go, hey-ho, it's December, same old, same old, that's all right, it's actually quite exciting. But I imagine for many of us, we begin to feel that little sense of tension deep within us, whether it's because of financial pressures, whether it's because of um, pressures within families that we have, whether it's just time pressure, we know that it's going to get busier. Maybe it's grief, something that has happened that we know we're going to have to deal with at this time of Christmas. But there can be all sorts of things that, that create that sense of tension within us that we may respond by causing it to become a sense of being overwhelmed and big stress. Stressful situations will come in December. Let me just use this. I've made some pictures I want to show you. Stressful situations will come in December. Wouldn't it be really wonderful, though, if we could very quickly move from that tension into finding the missing piece? 
Wouldn't that be good? As you've heard, we're thinking about Mary this morning, Mary, the mother of Jesus. We're thinking about her, and we're thinking about, well, how did she find peace? And if she did, does that actually mean anything for us? Can we learn anything from her this December? Mary, if we read her story, had many, many reasons that she could be stressed. I actually wrote them in a list. Here we go. It says, an angel appears before her. If you read the Bible of angels appearing before people, generally the response is terror-type response. So this could have caused anxiety in her. She's told she's going to conceive a child supernaturally. That would leave you feeling rather out of control, I imagine. She's not married and she's pregnant. And in that situation and in that culture, that could lead to you being killed, stoned to death, because obviously you've been up to things you shouldn't have been up to. Her future husband is going to find out. We get the sense that Joseph's probably quite a nice man, but how is he going to react? We'd be asking a lot of him. In the early days of her pregnancy, she cares for her elderly relative Elizabeth during the last three months of her pregnancy. This woman was seriously old. It was a miraculous pregnancy. And so I can't imagine that it was a breeze those three months or staying with her for the birth. When Mary herself was heavily pregnant, she has to leave her own family and travel a four-day good walk to Bethlehem. I don't imagine it was all that comfortable. There's no mention in the Bible of a donkey, but if there was a donkey there, I can't imagine that would have been much more comfortable. Let's not think about that. Mary has no idea where she's going to give birth. No birth plan in a nice, comfy, cozy hospital. She didn't even know where she was going to give birth. There is such a sense of hospitality in those days, though. I imagine she'd have thought, somebody will give me some space. But she didn't know where. She has to give birth for the very first time as a young teenage girl without the familiar women who would normally care for her. Normally, if she grows up, it would be the familiar women that would be present at these really key times in her life. But there would be women that were local that would do the right thing and come and help. But who would these women be? She wouldn't know. And then sometime later, she has to flee from Bethlehem to Egypt, leaving in the middle of the night because Herod, who has dangerous whims fairly regularly, decides that he is going to wipe out every child under two in Bethlehem in order to wipe out Jesus. Tragic, tragic story. So as we can see, from all of these things, any single one of them on its own would create tension and could have caused stress to rise up in Mary. But as we read the Christmas story story, and we read the accounts of Mary, we don't get that sense. We get a sense that actually she moves quickly from, if there's any tension, to finding that missing piece. Our very first encounter of Mary in the Bible is when the angel appears to her. And that is the time that we actually hear that she was greatly troubled. It's the only time we hear such a thing of her, that she was greatly troubled because the angel appears to her and he greets her. And she doesn't understand the greeting. The angel says to her, you are highly favored and the Lord is with you. And she doesn't get that. And she's um, deeply troubled, greatly troubled by it. But then the angel goes on and he explains what it is um, that's going to happen, that she's going to conceive the son of the most high. And she asks, how's that going to happen? It's not possible. And he goes on and explains that. And by that time, she has moved from being greatly troubled to having found that missing peace, to be a place of peace and acceptance. These are the words that she says to the angel. I am the Lord's servant May your word to me 
be fulfilled. She's come to a place of acceptance. Then in all the stories of Mary that come after that, they clearly weren't worried about saying she ever felt greatly troubled, but there's no sense of it. There's no sense of that because if she feels the tension rise, she can very quickly find peace. I'd like to suggest this morning uh, three reasons. I haven't done three points for a long time, but three reasons why Mary finds that missing peace. And then we'll think about, well, how does that apply to us as well? And I believe that each of three... These three reasons are because she is really firmly grounded, that she has deep roots that go down and that these roots hold her steady. Okay, the first one. Mary was grounded in the big story. Mary was a young Jewish girl. She would have had no doubt whatsoever about her identity, about the identity of her people as well, because her roots were very deep down in them. Her people, the Jews, were the chosen people of God. They were called by God to worship him, and they were called by God to be a light to the nations. The other people in the world around would would know who God was because they would look at the nation of Israel and they would discover that. Mary's whole life, everything about her life, what she wore, what she ate, what she spent her time doing, um, who she spent her time with, who she was going to marry, all came out of this big story that she knew. They had a huge impact on her life. Her family would go to the synagogue weekly and learn more about this big story of theirs. They would recite prayers through the day that would be reminding them who God is, who they are, the big story. The Sabbath meal that was every single week was remembering a specific bit of the story, their big story. She knew it well. Mary and her people were waiting for a Messiah as well, a saviour that would come, and they probably believed that he would come and he would kick out the Romans who were occupying the land at the time and that he would restore peace and prosperity to the nation of Israel. Mary was grounded in this big story. So when events come that cause the tension and are greatly troubling to her, When she hears from the angel and then Elizabeth and then Joseph and then the shepherds and then the wise men that her part in this story is not at all what she expected it to be, she moves from tension very quickly to finding this deep peace because her roots are firmly grounded in this big story. Secondly, Mary knew she was not in control. She was a young girl um, in that part of the world, and she had very little control. Part of that was because many of the uh, decisions that she made would have been made by her family in consultation with her, I'm sure. But they would have decided um, a lot of her decisions. Another reason she wouldn't have had an awful lot of control and decisions is because there probably weren't that many options. Her time spent deciding what to wear each day were probably quite considerably shorter than maybe young girls nowadays or even sometimes me deciding what to wear and also they lived in Roman occupation and so that would have curbed an enormous amount of their freedom and choices Mary of course would have made choices she would have had some control of her day-to-day life but she knew that she wasn't ultimately in control She knew that from the big story that she'd heard since she was tiny, that she wasn't ultimately in control, that God was. She knew that it was where she sunk her roots down deep, that even if she had deep roots but they were in sand, 
She could have easily been blown over. But she knew from the big story that her roots were deeply sunk in solid, strong God. So he could hold her firm and steady and she could know peace. The third thing is that Mary was grounded in good habits. These are the habits that grew her roots stronger and wider and deeper to hold her. Many of her habits came just because she was part of the Jewish culture. It was natural for her. As we said, she regularly gathered with others to be reminded of who God is and who she is. She prayed. We know she prayed. She would have prayed, recited prayers several times a day alongside the rest of her family. In the synagogue at Sabbath, she would have prayed. When she learns from Elizabeth more about who this baby is going to be, she bursts into prayer. This is what she prays. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in my God, my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. And she continues to pray, remembering thing after thing that God has done in the story of their people. Another thing, another habit that Mary has developed is she ponders. I love this word. It's to think of things deeply, to take time to chew on something and really think about it. When the angel first appeared to Mary and she was greatly troubled, we read in one of the versions, the Revised Standard Version. Oh, here we are. Mary ponders. It says, but she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Even in that moment of perplexedness, of greatly troubled, she ponders and chews on, what on earth does this mean? And then after, um, after the birth, when the shepherds come to visit and they tell Mary, this heavenly host of angels, so many angels appeared in the sky and they sung praise to God and they told us all about who Jesus would be. And then they leave. It says that Mary treasured these words in her heart and she pondered on them. She chewed on them and thought on them and reflected on them. Young Mary was grounded well. And so when the storms of life hit, moments that would cause great tension and she held on to what she knew of God and of who she was and her people through the big story. She knew that she wasn't in control, but she chose to trust God. She didn't rush into reacting, but she prayed and she pondered. And so she moved from greatly troubled to a place of peace. She found the missing peace. So what does that mean for us this December? What does it mean as we celebrate Christmas and the moments that will come where we feel those tensions within us? How can we find the missing peace? Well, I think like Mary, the first thing that we can do is be grounded knowing that we're part of a bigger story. Do you know that God stands before you, whoever you are here, with his arms open wide, inviting you to be part of his story? When we choose to follow Jesus, It's not just a mental decision that is made somewhere in our minds, but it's a complete identity change when we recognize that Jesus is the Savior that Mary was waiting for. A big change happens. Our identity shifts. We become part of this big story. We become part of a new family, a family whose ancestor goes all the way back to Abraham. We are filled with God's Holy Spirit. 
and become like a jar that, yes, is cracked, but God's light is within us and shines through us. Alongside the other members of our family, we become a place where heaven and earth meets. This is where heaven and earth meets in this place, not because of the room and the building, because we are here. We become part of this bigger, incredible story. But how do we remember that? How do we remember that? Because the world is loud and quiet. It loudly shouts and it quietly moves and creeps around us, telling us, nah, that's not really your identity. Actually, there's better things to do than that. Actually, just forget about that. Focus on what your kids are doing. Nah, focus on making a bit more money. That's much more important. Extend your house. Nothing wrong with doing that. I've just done that. It creeps around us and tells us that other things matter more than this big story. They don't. And we have to remember this big story. How do we do that? As Mary did, we're to meet regularly in places like this. They may not excite us every time. We may not get something out of it every time. But when we meet, we are remembering who is God? Who am I? What is this big story that we're part of? We need to learn more of the story that we're in. Open our Bibles and ask God, God, show me more of this story that I am now thoroughly part of. And we need to encourage people when we meet each other, encourage people about the big story. And we need to let it shape us. We need to let it shape every aspect of who we are. Maybe something comes to mind and we think, actually, most of my life is shaped by God, but there maybe is something that needs to change. Can I encourage you to take that step and to change it? Let us be grounded in the big story, remembering it every day, letting it shape us, who we are and all that we do. So when the tensions bubble, when the storms come, we are not blown over and knocked off our feet, but so that we gain perspective. We gain perspective knowing that the story that we are in is much bigger than that moment that we are facing, that we can trust God, that we matter to him and that we can stand firm in peace. Secondly, let's actually let go of ultimate control because we never really had it in the first place, did we? We have to be responsible. We have to make plans. We have to be in control of our lives, of course, in some way. Sometimes the illustration is used when people choose to follow Jesus. They say it's like handing over the steering wheel of our lives. But sometimes as time goes by, we try and take back the steering wheel in a few matters. Let's not be people who do that. Let us know, as Mary did, that things will come. We're not in control. Things will happen, not the way we expect them to happen. Whether they just knock us for that moment, knock us for that day, or knock us for the rest of um, of our lives. Let us be people who go, God is in control. I can trust in God. He may not make everything rosy again for me, but he will be with me. He will hold me steady. And because of the big story, ultimately, all will be okay. And let us be people who develop good habits, grounded because we're developing good habits, the habit of regularly coming to places like this, somewhere else, if you'd rather, but somewhere like this, to be reminded of him. Let us be in the habit of praying, praying regularly through the day, whether it's set prayers that we love, whether it's prayers of our own, 
to being people who randomly pray, to be thankful for God um, for something, to be asking God for something, to be crying out for him in our need as well. And let us be people who ponder, who don't always have noise in our ears all the time, who actually have moments of quiet and reflection, that because of these things, these habits that we make that have grounded our roots in our strong, solid God, that we will much quicker revert from tension bubbling over into peace. We're in December, and we would like to find peace. Being grounded in God, alongside others grounded in God, growing our roots deeper through regular good habits, I believe is how we find peace this December and this Christmas. I was thinking a couple of days ago about this talk and what I was planning to talk about. And I realized I'm actually giving it too late. That actually the best impact this talk could have, if you hear and take on board some of those things, is next Christmas. Happy Christmas 2019. Because by then, if we've done these things, our roots will be deep and wide in God. And will be able to hold us still and hold us steady when the storms come. But I do know that many of you here are beautifully grounded in God already. I know you've experienced storms already this year and that you've clung tightly to him and he has held you firm and tight. So I know that for many of you here, you will find that peace. May you find that peace this December. I know too that God is an incredibly kind and good God. And I know that even if you have never started these habits, but you go, actually, I do want peace this Christmas. I do want to be part of that big story. I do accept that I'm not in ultimate control. I will trust God. I do want to develop those habits. I know that God can, any time the wind blows, he can, and you ask, he can pour out his peace upon you in a way that you will not be able to fathom and understand because that is what he is like and that is what he can do. Craig and Cash are going to come and sing a beautiful song um, for us in a moment. As they said, do come up. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So as they play and sing, if you can tear yourself away from listening intently, don't worry if you can't. Can I um, encourage you to ask, well, how do I respond to that? How do I respond to what I've heard this morning? Whether I have heard it so many times before, and many of you will have, or whether it's new for me, how can I respond to what I've heard? And if one of the things that comes up is that you need to do something, and you're not actually sure how to do that, can I really encourage you to talk to somebody, somebody you know, or come and talk to me. It is such a treat for me to have that type of conversation with people, so please come and talk to me. If you know that December is likely to be hard and challenging, please ask somebody to pray for you this morning. Whether it's somebody you know or go into our corner over here and say, please will you pray for me? The prayer team will be over there eager to pray for you guys. So please go over there. Grounded in God, we can find the missing piece this December.